Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. Do you feel stress? Are there certain activities, either at work or at home, that bring up specific fears or concerns? In a recent study, the American Institute of Stress reported that 75% of today's employees believe that they have more on-the-job stress than a generation ago. This may be from a multitude of sources, but it begs the question, how do we reduce stress at work, especially as work continues from one generation to the next? Well, today we have an extremely helpful episode of the Ag Future podcast. I'm Brian Lawless, North American Brand Manager at Alltech, and I'm joined by Park Gilligan of Gilligan's Farm. Gilligan's Farm is an award-winning lamb and beef operation in Ireland with its own farm store and many customers throughout Dublin and the world. But like many of us, they feel stress, both personally and in their business. Yet within their family business, they've found multiple ways to reduce stress, and it's making a big difference. So the question is, how specifically can Pork and Gilligan's Farm work to de-stress their operation? What has this meant for their business? And how can we take these lessons and apply them to de-stress our own lives and work? Pork, welcome to the Ag Future podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a great opportunity. Thanks very much. Excited to have you. So before we dive in, into the topic of stress, which we'll get to, you've built a really fascinating business. Can you tell us a bit of the history of Gilligan's Farm and your role within the business? Yeah, I suppose Gilligan's uh, is in operation for over 100 years. Uh, my father started it back in 1911, and it has proceeded along, you know. Um, over the years, uh, stops and starts and goods and bad, you know. Um, I look. I, I reared animals on the farm. Um, would have a great love for animals. Um, when I always, you know, sold animals, let it be in a mart or a factory. I always felt like that. Um, I'd like to sell them myself to the public uh, to have a, um, you know, a, a product that you could uh, feel proud of. You know. That's how I started uh, farming. I suppose on the stress part of it, it has been very stressful for the last six or seven months, especially with this COVID. It's very depressing for farmers, especially, you know, in Ireland here, uh, people that have been living on their own. Um, pubs closed, can't go for pints. And, uh, you know, that is a big bearing on on uh, how people live and how they live their lives. The need people need to have fun along with work, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously not being able to have a bite with uh, some friends is no fun. Um, you know, talking about your farm, uh, what changes has Gilligan's Farm implemented to manage some of these new stresses with COVID-19? What, what, what's changed for you guys? What has changed? Um, I suppose lots of things have changed, you know. Um, it just goes to, we say stress, animals, like, no different than human, get stressed. And I suppose our, our philosophy in that is, is to, to play music to the animals and um, the same, I suppose, with people. You know, people have to have an outlet, um, have a bit of fun, 
uh, trying not to 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 less um, the stress factor of a, of everyday living just get them down. Uh, you have to be like uh, open the drawer and deal with it and just close it and move on to the next next drawer. You know that's our way of dealing with it or my way of dealing with it. Yeah. So I, I do want to touch on, on the uh, music for for animals he, here in a bit, but I, I guess you know you started talking about the the business that you had. Uh, you know, your father start the the farm. You've uh, taken it over, and you, we're now moving on to the third generation, uh, which would be your son Alan. And, and it seems like you know the first way you've looked to de-stress your business is just have a proper succession plan. Um, so I guess. Maybe give us a little insight. How have you been preparing or maybe re- removing the stress uh, for your son, Alan, to take over the business or, or as he's been taking over the business? Well, I suppose it's, it's funny. Um, look, if you're in business, it's, it's stress-related. And, and in a succession plan, you know, that I have uh, to hand over all to my son, which is he is running the business and he has full control of it now. I'm taking a back seat. You know, it's stressful for him because I have built a business over the years, like, and um, of course, businesses move on, and you know, you have to be uh, on, on, on top of it at all times to, to deal with it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's probably sometimes, you know, why would you let yourself in for all this huge workload, I suppose, in running a business? Like, we have 22 people employed, and um, Oh, it, it, it takes management to do that. And it is stressful, but like you, you have to, you know, deal with it and not bring it home with you. Like I suppose customers can be demanding. 90% of them are, are, you know, very easy to deal with. You get a 10%, which would be very uh, finicky and you have to deal with them as well. You know what I mean? So, Yeah. And, and I feel like you've touched on two really important things. It seems like you've, actively taken uh, a transition in your own job responsibilities where you're now saying, hey, I was the one managing the farm and I, now I'm actively uh, the one taking the, the back seat. And I think, I, I would assume, for Alan, that's made a, a world of difference that it's not uh, now having two people in charge. There's been a, a transition of kind of responsibilities within the business. Uh, but then the second thing that I think you touched on was, you know, in some ways not taking uh, what you do in your family life during the day, during business hours, and taking it home uh, with you. I mean, I, I feel that, that that can just add to stress when you have, you know, the same people that you could be dealing with at work uh, that you're then at home with and, and you're taking that stress from one place well, to the next. Absolutely. You know, like when you go home at the evening, you need to be uh, chilled out and uh, there's nothing, you know, better than listening to music maybe or having a, um, a chat with the wife. Um, you know, it's, it's all that's. Uh, very important, you know. Yeah, and, and sometimes it is. It's just those simple, th- simple things. So, kind of maybe moving on to to the second way of, of de-stressing a business, uh, really focusing on this concept of edu- educating your customers in a very clear way. Um, you know, some cus- can some consumers are conscious about where their food comes from, uh, but many aren't. Um, and I think that even applies to cuts of meat and to the opportunities that could be available to chefs. Um, and Gilligan's Farm prides itself on top quality meat. Uh, if I understand correctly, you're a supplier to celebrity chef Jamie Oliver, and I read that you literally brought a lamb uh, to him and showed him and his team the cuts. Uh, now, I-, I envision you 
walking into the restaurant with his entire lamb strapped to your back, but I'm guessing that's not the case. Uh, how, how did that relationship begin, and, and, and how did you educate Jamie uh, and, and his team? I suppose the guy that's, that's, that we deal with that's running the restaurant in Dublin is um, one of those people that is a perfectionist and really loves uh, the products that we, that we give him and is direct off the farm. Um, and he's a big thing about that. So he said to me one day, would it be possible to take a lamb in here and just to show the staff where all the cuts come from and we'll cook it and taste it and um, we'll invite people in. And so I was mad to do it. Yeah, I thought it was a great idea. So I hit off with a lamb and the saw and the knife and in, <laughs> into the restaurant. And uh, yeah, we had um, good fun. Yeah, they, they found it very interesting and uh you know, the staff then could relate to the customer of the lamb where it came from and all the different cuts of the lamb, you know, from the best to the worst. It's good education for people, yeah, especially people that's living in cities that don't uh, understand animals, you mm-hmm. know. And, and it seems like within your business, there's this element uh, of trust with the consumer. You know, to you, how important is consumer trust, and how do you build that reputation and relationship with um, customers? Well, it's funny you should say that. I, I find that fascinating because, um, you know, when I'd deal with someone like in a restaurant, that would be a um, Michelin star restaurant, and the first thing I'd say to them, like, like, this is a marriage. This is going to be a marriage. So, you know, you have to have trust in me, and I have to have trust in you. So we take it from there, but I suppose you can bring in uh, 10 pieces of meat, which is absolutely mouth-watering. And if you bring in the 11th bit, that's not as good. You know, you're breaking the trust. So it's a matter of consistency in, in your product. You're not 100% or there's nobody 100%, but you definitely have to be over 95% consistent with the product. And I suppose that builds the trust, you know what I mean? It's, it's the customer, when you have a meal or have a steak and you say, yeah, that was a lovely steak and you know, where did that come from? And all that, it builds a relationship and that's what you'd be looking for, you know. To produce that high quality product is vital. And I suppose we, we um, Lord Mercy and Pierce Lines was, a, was very fond of, uh, when he'd come to Ireland, he, he'd always buy our meat for his conferences, you know. And that's how I got to know Alltech. And Alltech have done huge work for us here on the farm. Like they're always at the end of the phone and uh, would advise you on different, you know, ways to treat animals, uh, the feed for animals, and all that. And all that's important. And all that is the the link in the chain, you know, to the end customer. That makes sense. Yeah. So speaking about links in the chain, I know Dr. Lyons was famous for wanting to cut steaks with a spoon. Were you the man behind wanting to cut steaks with a spoon? Yes. I, um, <laughs> I suppose it was, um, you know, to be truthful about it, um, there was a video, they'd done a video here on the farm going back a number of years ago, and uh, they wanted me to cook a steak at seven o'clock in the morning. So I said, yeah, we better cook it in the house. And uh, got my wife up anyway. And my wife said she hasn't taken any part in this <laughs> cooking of this steak. And uh, so I, I proceeded to cook it anyway. And I was thinking to myself, well, how can I make this different? And I said, 
just got the brainwave. Would it be possible to cut a steak with a spoon? And I tried it and it worked. And I said, yeah, we'll go, let's go for it. So we've done the, we done the video on the cutting the steak with a spoon, you know, and that, that is, I suppose, a reflection on, on, on the products that, that we'd have, you know what I mean, that it would be tender and tasty, I suppose, is, is a, a slogan that we'd always use, you know. Yeah, it, and, and Dr. Lyons was famous. He took that back to, to the U.S. And the, and the late Dr. Pierce Lyons would show the quality of a steak uh, by cutting yeah. it with a spoon. So that's yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. let's move into kind of the, the third way to de-stress your business. And, and, and you kind of touched on this a little bit um, when you talked about the animals and the music. And it's just this theme of keeping your business fun and productive uh, at the same time. So you, I guess maybe my, my first question is, um, so it, it's true that you constantly play music around the farm and it's for the animals? Yeah, we have um, we have a system in, 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 in on the farm to play the music. And I suppose it, it goes back to animals like being stressed. Animals can get spooked or stressed very easy. And it's it's all about not stressing animals. And this is why I started playing music to them. My mother, or we got to her, when she'd be milking the cows and going back years ago when I was a kid, she'd milk the cows by hand and uh, she'd always sing to the cows and, and they'd always give more milk. So I said, why not play music to the animals? So we started playing music to animals, I suppose, maybe 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, I suppose, particular songs that we play to them. And uh, Percy French uh, was, he, he was a great Roscommon man, mm-hmm. a great Irish man, and he wrote lots of songs. And I suppose some of them would be the Mountains of Morden and um, MacBreen's Heifer, you know, all those. And the lyrics in all those songs are absolutely class. And they're really becoming of uh, playing music to the animals. If you Google um, Percy French and Brendan O'Dowda uh, sings the songs, he has a lovely um, soft voice. Mm-hmm. And animals really love it. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. We, we use it here. In the in the in the abattoir, when the animals are being slaughtered, we play the same music to them in the in the in the abattoir here, which is adjacent to the farm. Mm-hmm. The abattoir is is on the farm. We have the full facilities on the farm uh, to do the, from slaughter to boning to dispatch in whatever form the customer wants it. But yeah, it, it really adds to the I suppose the stress levels in the meat. You know. Yeah. So I I peaked on the. Uh, the music charts in Ireland, and there was one artist, uh, Dermot Kennedy, that was very popular. But there's also a bunch of global stars like a, like a Justin Bieber that are on the Irish charts right now. Have you found any music that the cows and, and the lambs do not like? Well, I suppose we, we you know, we we just have this have this Brendan O'Dowd, Percy French songs with Brendan O'Dowd, and it just continuously plays. You know, it's about maybe twenty songs in the list. Yep. And they just keep playing. And I suppose the animals get familiar with the sounds and the, and the different, you know, the vice is the same with Brendan O'Dowda. I wouldn't like to be changing, we'll say, from a different artist, you know what I mean? Because their vices can be sharper or different. And it, it, it wouldn't be, I feel that the animals, you know, wouldn't get uh, as attached to it, yeah. if, if you know what I mean. So it's a particular type of of a music. Um, now, the young people might be say like you're you're silly, like that. It's you know, it's, this is not for real, but it is actually. It is. We had we had um, 
RT uh, were, were on the farm here and we were slaughtering the animals and they couldn't get over the animals, how relaxed they were in the abattoir just before they were killed. Yeah. You know, there was no stress and there was no, it's, it's, it's just, it's completely different. It's amazing. It's amazing. But they have to be, like over a period of, of months, uh, listeners is like to, to be familiar with it and it's not spoken to them, you know. And it seems like this is something that kind of has bled all the way into your relationships with uh, the consumers and your customers, that there needs to be consistency of the final uh, quality of the product, and there needs to be consistency in kind of the music or, or the rhythms for the animals yeah. themselves to, to, to keep that going from beginning Absolutely. to yeah. end. No, no, that, that's like if, if I brought in different music, like uh, rock, rock music or whatever, it had spoke the animals like, and it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be becoming... For them, do you know? Yeah. So, so moving on to kind of the, the fourth way to de-stress your business, uh, you know, it really evolves around taking care of your environment and really the whole supply chain. Um, you know, we know cu- customers would like to be conscious of where their food comes from um, and not only how the animals are treated, but the environment and how it can act, you know, impact them. And that's going to be a big challenge and is going to continue uh, to be a big challenge. But I understand that Gilligan's Farm aims to be carbon neutral uh, within 10 years. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the plan and, and probably more, just more importantly, why does this matter to you? Well, it matters like, um, you know, I have grandchildren and um, I, I, I love to see them in, a, in a, an environment like where I, I grew up in, we'll say going back 70 years ago, where, um, you know, things on, on farms were very simple. And uh, for instance, like if you go out and plow the land, you can see the worms. They're there visually. You can see them in the ground, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel over the years uh, that was lost uh, with uh, different, I suppose, ways of, of getting rid of slurry and all that, like, and spreading it in, in wrong times of the year when the worms were, um, you know, I suppose, coming up in the springtime of the year now. I remember going back years and years ago when slurry was, uh, a new thing, and when you'd spread it, you'd see seagulls in the in the field the following morning, and my God, that is uh, it's, it's an awful sight to see because you have worms killed um, by the thousands, mm. you know, which is frightening, really. And that, I suppose, <clears throat> over the years, we we always use straw bedding for our animals, and we, we bring that back out on the land, and it, it it's actually good for for the the nutrients and it's good for the, the, the clay and, and to bring the worms back. Like, and if, if we plough a field now, like we see hundreds of worms, like in a, in a small area, you know, and it's, it's very rewarding when you see that. So I suppose, go back to your point, like in uh, the environment, um, environment has to be minded. Um, and especially now, because um, with the climate, like it has really changed in Ireland. Um, we're getting periods of really dry weather and periods of really wet weather. And that is very stressful, on, especially on farmers with crops and saving crops and all that. You know, so uh, we have to respect the environment. And uh, we have a program now where we're going to sow trees, um, like eight or ten hectares of trees so to, to, to enhance the, 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 the carbon, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, lo- looking at the concept of how do we make sure we have uh, the right nutrients in the soil. How do we make sure that you know 
we have even the basics like worms in the soil, but then how do we look at things like uh, yeah, planting trees and revitalizing or keeping carbon uh, at the forefront of what's going on? Uh, I really like what you said previously, though, because I think it wraps into this concept of kind of succession that when you're thinking of, hey, you know, when I have my grandkids, my great grandkids, I want to make sure the land uh, works well from them. And that's almost kind of the first step in a succession plan where you're helping out, uh, you know, your son, uh, Alan, um, in his taking over of the business. You know, um, the land is always will be there to feed the people and, and uh, you know, to have it in, in a good shape, I think is very important, you know. Yeah. So finally, kind of bringing this all to a close, um, I've been on your website and um, it's a beautiful website, by the way. Um, the you. meat looks delicious. Um, yeah, I, I saw uh, just some of the cuts on there. It looks amazing. What website do people need to get to to buy the meat? Um, how do they get access to this? We have a click and collect, uh, and we also do a door-to-door delivery in Dublin, and we started this about six months ago when uh, the lockdown came. People in Dublin would be ringing, wondering, could they collect, uh, could they get meat? So we started this uh, on, an online shop, and it's it's actually very successful. So the biggest problem was is, is deliveries, and um, I'd be a sticker like on, on sort of doing the job ourselves, you know, so we, we, we deliver ourselves and it's, I know it's time consuming and it's, you know, but like when people order meat and the papers online, we deliver to them and, and we make sure that they get it when they're supposed to get it, you know. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, fan- that's fantastic. Well, um, the website I see here is gilligansfarm.ie. Um, you guys do deliver, you accept payment online. Uh, you do have an in-person store, but uh, yeah, the, the challenge of delivery um, you know, the COVID in some ways has really challenged us to be innovative, and it sounds like you guys are, are quickly adapting to the times and, and finding it challenging. No, well, you, you just have to change with the times, you know. Um, like, we say people that we, you know, like we say Jamie Oliver's in Dublin, that we supply there, uh, Chapter One, all those places, and people would be going there to eat, and all those restaurants were closed, and suddenly those people that would, you know, would, would love our meat. Or sort of ring and wondering where could they get it. So, you know, this is how that this started. You know, if there's a an additional point of ways to de-stress, it certainly would be change with the times, be flexible. Um, but but I think you know to sum up some of the things that I've heard, you know, I heard really four specific ways to de-stress your business. Uh, the first would be you know have a succession plan, kind of eliminating the fears of you know does this all depend on me? What happens after I leave the business? And you're putting that place in place with Alan currently. Uh, but the second thing seems to be educate your customers clearly. If that means bringing the product to them, uh, making sure yep. they understand the value of it, how to handle it, particularly chefs and cooks, um, you know that's very important. Uh, but from the music end of things, the third way I heard to de-stress the business was keep your business fun and productive. You know, it kind of eliminates the concern of burnout. It keeps the animals consistent every day and keeps that consistent from all the way from the farm to the fork uh, at the forefront of what's being done. Uh, and last but not least, de-stressing the business by taking care of your environment and the supply chain. Um, you know, just addressing concerns of will there be enough resources? Can I look for the my grandkids and great grandkids to still have a good environment? Um, and just being part of the the solution uh, and not the problem. Yeah, that's it. And and just play your part as you go along. You know, that's it. Well, um, Pork, you've given us a, a ton to think through. Uh, I really, I, I've been fascinated to talk to you and, and hear more about uh, your business. So. Uh, Pork, thank you for being on the Ag Future podcast. 
Thank you very much, and thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode.